0: Welcome to the Support Automation Show, a podcast by Capacity. Join us for conversations with leaders in customer or employee support who are using technology to answer questions, automate processes, and build innovative solutions to any business challenge. I'm your host, Justin Schmidt. Good afternoon, Craig. Hi Justin, good to be with you. Thank you, thank you. Where's this podcast find you? I am in
1: Spanish Fork Utah just about 45 minutes south of Salt Lake City.
0: Beautiful part of the country. I've driven through Salt Lake a few times haven't had a chance to visit though, but I would like to. It seems like a very beautiful place.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of hiking, camping, outdoors activities that you can do. So
0: it's a lot of fun. Excellent. So Full disclosure, B is a customer of capacities, but we're gonna spend this time not talking about capacity, but really talking about support automation for employees and how HR and employee engagement, people success, teams at companies can leverage automation and AI to to make a better employee experience. So Craig, starting in, in that realm, um, When and why and how did you first get into uh, people's success in in HR?
1: Yeah, so I didn't go a direct route into HR. I got a bachelor's in psychology and I did some operations management, small business consulting while I worked on an MBA. And then after I graduated with my MBA, I had the bright idea to get a PhD in organizational behavior and HR. And so we moved to Texas for that. And two years into the program, I decided that academia wasn't for me. Um, it's a, you know, I, I was looking for something more practical and hands-on. Mm-hmm. So I, I did gain a lot of skills and knowledge through my courses, specifically on the analytical side. But I, I wanted to do... You know, work for a real organization with real mm-hmm. problems. And so I left and I got into HR. I've worked for a couple different companies prior to joining ChargeBee, and I joined ChargeBee in February of
0: 2020. Awesome. And tell us a little bit about what ChargeBee does and the market they serve. Yeah. So, ChargeBee is a subscription billing management software. And the
1: industry is growing like crazy. There's a ton of companies who have either tried to figure out their own solution Mm -hmm. or um, just do it in-house. But really because of the complexities of the different subscription plans that you can make available to your customers and the different Currencies, if you're going, if you have global customers, different tax laws, it's really hard and complicated to do it all by yourself. And so we help companies to automate that process and so that they can focus on just their core business and growing their business. And what's really fun is as our customers grow and have success, we have, we grow and have success. So we're definitely invested in. The growth of our cu- of our customers.
0: Yeah, the it's it's interesting because in it, it, every business grows with their customers, but it, Chargebee is a SaaS company that 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 helps other SaaS companies, and there's a real one to one sort of relationship. Is like you know you, as, as that as that growth happens, and with growth, you have. Things like team growing, maybe you're opening new offices, your your, the internal operations at the business gets bigger and more complicated, et cetera, et cetera. Um, In your role with within Chargebee, what types of uh, technological hurdles have you crossed on using tech and, and and technology to help with that scale as Chargebee has grown?
1: Yeah, so to provide a little bit of background in the growth that we've experienced since I started, I started in February of 2020, and we had just over 400 employees globally. We had about 18 or 19 employees in the U.S. I was the first HR employee hired into the U.S., and now we have about 675 employees globally. We have... 74 employees in the U S so we have employees in, in India, different parts of Europe, uh, Australia, U S and Canada. So it's, there's, there's just been a lot of growth and a lot of things to do. And so we are not there yet as far as having all of the technology that we need. But one of a couple of the issues that we face is, the onboarding, the mm-hmm. recruiting and the onboarding process is it's changing so fast. You know, new positions are added, our recruiters are talking to so many different people, and we have people joining all the time. And there's a lot of different paperwork that's required depending on the country and where the employee lives. So there's the charge fee paperwork agreement. Um, and then there's also regulatory statutory type requirements that are necessary, like the I-9 in mm-hmm. the US. And so it's it's a lot of work to try to manually keep track of all of that information. And so one of the challenges that we face is we have payroll systems, multiple payroll systems to depending on the geography of where our employees are located. And so there's a a lot of work that goes into multiple hands touching to make Mm -hmm. sure that employees, new hires, they are entering their information into the right systems that all of the information is taking from the recruiting team, from the, the HR team to our HR operations team that does a lot of the, the systems work and communicating back and forth with the candidates on, here's the systems that you need to add your information into, you need to sign up for, um, to do a background check, etc. Right, and, and so it's, when you add the volume that we're hiring at, it's just, it's a, it's a lot of manual
0: work. Yeah, you can, I the pardon the phrase, but there's the, the death by a thousand cuts, so to speak, mm-hmm. of, of when you go through this process, you know, uh, 250 times or whatever it is that you guys have done in the last year, which is amazing, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, not only do you have an opportunity to try to make that, not only do you have an opportunity to work to make that experience as seamless as possible on an individual applicant basis, once someone comes on board, you also have the just the onboarding and the knowledge sharing and you know, people need to know it's it's funny in a in a mostly distributed work environment, sort of learning where the coffee machine is, is is yeah. not, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> not as important. <laughs> no, it's not quite as important, but but um, there's still the virtual equivalent of that. And then, of course, obviously, mm-hmm. in the office there is as well. One of the things that when we look at support automation, um, the three pillars of it that we like to talk about are answer, automate and build and answering is uh, under answer, rather, you have FAQs, the knowledge base, employee Mm -hmm. policies, what vacation days do we have, how much PTO, all all that, all that stuff. Like, these are all questions that people have that um, using technology to help standardize and, and make that stuff available is, is, is really important. When you look at all the onboarding and the growth and the acceleration of the amount of, of people you're bringing in, what has been... Once people are inside the organization and have joined the team, what's the biggest challenge in getting people up to speed at that scale?
1: I think it's just like you mentioned, the information about the different policies and procedures, who to go to for what. So one of the nice tools that we have rolled out is uh, we have an intranet. It's, It's a simpler product through... Microsoft, I believe, um, and it connects with our HRIS system. So we have employee data that's fed into that. So you can look up a specific employee and the org chart, so how they fit within the company. So that's super helpful if people have their pictures on there. So you can mm-hmm. put a face to a name, uh, but that also houses our the different policies that we have, we're still, we still need to drive adoption towards using that uh, platform. But I think generally the, the most difficult issue is just making sure people know who to contact about what. So usually as I'm doing the onboarding for employees in the U.S., I'm the immediate contact.
0: Um, and then I'm able to help filter people to where they need to go. Hmm. Hmm. And that's one of the great things about the digital age, right? Is that you can create the repository of all this information. You can give people access to it. Um, they can go and find a lot of the answers to the questions they have. So that when it comes time to reach out to you directly, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's something that is is. I hate to say worth your time but but worth your time because you know with as much which as much growth as you guys have have, have 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 had you can't like you can't onboard 75 employees or whatever it is in, in, that you've hired in the United States yourself right like you need you need technological help to do that mm-hmm. one thing that I am always fascinated by with the recruiting process is um and this is completely unrelated to a lot of what we do at Capacity, but I, st- I still think it's it's valuable for for any listeners out there who are looking at automating internal support, especially in the recruiting side. Is have you leveraged any technology to help um, screen candidates or or sort of narrow down um, narrow down the applicant pool?
1: Yeah. So our we're currently evaluating systems to switch to a new ATS or applicant tracking system. So our current system doesn't necessarily have the AI capacity to evaluate and say, this is a good candidate or this is not a good candidate. And that, that will be super helpful. But there's also the, you know, the human element that, for me, we want to make sure that uh, you know there's, there's candidates who may not fit the typical profile. And we want to make sure that, that those individuals are, are considered because, um, you know, with diversity and inclusion is super important at our company. And we want to have people from a variety of different backgrounds because we have customers from all over the world. And if we're not representing our, our customers then we're going to miss out on how we build or how we sell or service our product,
0: yeah, that's a great point. When I was at the HR tech conference a couple years ago, last year's got canceled. Um, but we, we we go to some of the HR tech shows, and just saw all sorts of great innovation on um, screening and ATS and all sorts of on like the, the sort of recruiting and hiring process, all this technolo- great technology layered on top of that. And core to every single one. I think this is good for anybody um, in Craig's position where you're out shopping for this stuff is is really press the vendors on what they're doing to ensure The wrong kind of bias isn't getting into any of the algorithms that they're using or that they're, um, you know, you're really embracing that diversity and and inclusion ethos and that the tools that you're bringing on board are enabling that and not and not standing in the way of it, Um, which kind of leads me to a question that I always like to ask people in the HR space. and, 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 And that is. Have you, in, in your, whether it's at Charge B or just throughout your career, talk to me about the, any apprehension you've seen from employees when automation, you know, scary where I'm doing scare quotes mm-hmm. for, for those of us <laughs> that can't, that aren't on the, the yeah. Zoom here. Um, things like automation and AI are brought into, um, brought into the operations. Like what's some of the apprehension that you've heard and, and some good, um, good ways to sort of assuage those concerns?
1: Yeah. So there's, in my past company, we rolled out just as I was, I was leaving to move to charge we rolled out a people analytics platform that looks at metadata Mm -hmm. of, of employee data. It doesn't look at specific conversations. Like, uh, it just looks at so one of the things they uses is network, organizational network analysis, but it mm-hmm. doesn't actually look at the content of those conversations.
0: Just who talks to who kind of thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And people and managers have a concern that if you, <clears throat> if you're going to use this tool, then you're going to kind of be like a big brother and monitor what's going on when, uh, you know, the, we don't, in reality, we don't see or have that data at all. And so one of the concerns with, um, you know, from a HR perspective is how much privacy are we giving Mm -hmm. employees? Um, so there's that concern as far as the automation process. I think generally people like things that are done for them. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah you know it's if it can be if it's not automated and it, it looks like it's simple and it should be then you know that they they're wondering what's going on you know what's wrong with mhm with you or the company
0: mhm there's a, a thought leader in the sort of digital rights and and privacy policy space um, that i would recommend everybody Uh, Listening, if if you haven't followed her, Christina Podnar, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. We'll put it. We'll put her Twitter handle in the show notes. Um, She she writes and speaks a lot about this kind of stuff, and it's 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 super super important. And and Craig, you hit on the the key here, which is you just have to have those open conversations with people. I mean, good driven, you know, high potential people that are committed and and want to join your team and and are bought in like they're, they're people are reasonable and intelligent and and you can steer people through some of the concerns and some of this stuff. You just have to be open and have the conversation. And that's ultimately what we try to tell, um, you know, any prospects we're talking to, or just as we, you know, try to create content out in the marketplace, like ultimately automation Is welcomed. Like, I like not having to sort of manually. Set up and schedule and send emails to our prospects. I like having Marketo sort of, mm-hmm. you know, work and do that and, stuff. Shout out to Adobe, um, Marketo, do that for us. And and it's it, that's a myopic example as a as a marketer, but in anyone's line of work, there's there's plenty of that that kind of um, opportunity. One thing, Craig, that that really interests me about um, this, this process is in terms of onboarding and growth, you also have, you know, offboarding and you've got, you've got, you know, people that sort of work their way through the organization. Um, what do you think is the key to creating a smooth offboarding process?
1: You know, not talking so much about the actual process, but the experience, I think Mm -hmm. the- Great point leaving on a positive note where they don't have that bitter taste in their mouth because of something that happened within their last few weeks. So one thing that is unique to me since I joined Chargebee is we have employees in, you know, across the globe and, and the, the notice period that employees have to give is typically mm. longer than it is in the U S so in India it could be a month or two And in the U S you know, that's typically two weeks. And so as a company, we have the opportunity to make sure that employees leave with, with the right um, experience where they can leave on a positive note. So I think that's kind of high level, but I think, but down to the specifics, I think it's important to collect feedback from the employee and hopefully we do this, but hopefully, as a company, you are collecting feedback throughout, and you're not just waiting until the employee is leaving and walking out the door. But one of the things we we do is we do a exit interview verbally. In the past, I've done I've done it just through through surveys, um, electronic surveys. Um, I think there's kind of pros and cons to each, mm-hmm. but I think if you and this is one thing at my last company that my, uh, my manager was really good at was when you have those exit conversations before someone leaves and uh, you walk through some of the admin mm-hmm. details, like the, what's going to happen to your pay and your benefits, et cetera, you really you spend time at the beginning to have a conversation to show your appreciation to the employee right. and what they did for the company. And then... Uh, you can collect and solicit feedback.
0: I was just going to say, it's it's interesting hearing you talk because at the end of the day, there's, you know, we we like to talk about AI and automation and everything on this. And it's like, basically, oh, I wake up in the morning, have my coffee and like, think about automation. Um, but at the end of the day, there's human conversations here and and just like, you know principles of basic human decency and 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 just sort of standard good citizen behavior that's that's expected. And every growing company also like you 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 just as you grow you net grow, but as you get more people, you deal with more people issues. Just you know, the way humans work. And there's something really nice about being able to um, leverage the tech stack you have so that more of your time is spent doing more meaningful actions. And like, that's all, that's one thing, you know, we, I I tell people all the time, like if, if, if buying the, the, the software, buying the tool, buying the widget enables you to have deeper work. In whatever your core sort of charter is, then it's a good investment, right? In your yeah. line of work, it's 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 providing these this, these good experiences, so um, the the team members at charge be flourish and 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 you know happy happy productive employees. Lo and behold, creates a successful business. Um, so, so it's just, it's great just just hearing you sort of double click on that.
1: Yeah, and that reminds me of the performance management process. So Mm -hmm. whether you have annual reviews, quarterly reviews, my philosophy is it should always be about the conversation, the feedback, both ways, from Mm -hmm. the manager to the employee, from the employee to the manager. And it should never be about the process or the tools that you're using. Sometimes people can get stuck with the process or the tools. And so there's, there's different tools out there to help you with the performance management process to make it easier for the employee to solicit Mm -hmm. their feedback, the manager to solicit feedback. But I completely agree, especially on the performance management process that the focus is on the conversation, not on, you know, following a rigid process or being restored, limited by the tools that you use.
0: Right. Um, It's just speaking from my own experience, we use Lattice at capacity for a lot of this stuff and shout out to Lattice, great product. Um, But you have to set that thing up to work the way your culture and your business works. And it's very easy to get trapped in the bells and whistles. Very specific example of lattice is there, they have a little like feedback survey, like little micro feedback survey thing you can you can take. And if you do that plus their one-on-one, plus like an ESAT, plus like the OKR, you, you end up just like in this Byzantine sort of layer of of, of software that you forget. What the the core of the whole thing is, which is just like let's make sure we have these conversations with the direct reports and let's let's document everything. So we kind of had to work through as we've grown, sort of stripping that down and and and, and right sizing mm-hmm. it to us. Um, this is really this is this is really good stuff. One thing that I always like to ask HR leaders is what if any of the sort of technical support do you guys deal with is, is it charge me is it all like if i have a computer problem or i need a i need a new monitor stand or something like is that all it or or does some of that fall into people operations as well
1: so it's typically all it uh
0: you you can submit an email
1: that'll create a help desk help desk ticket or you can do it via slack mm-hmm. but uh one of the unique parts of my role in the U S is we don't have an it person here. So I'm not, you know, helping people figure out what's the issue with their computer, but if they do need a new computer or when they,
0: if employees do leave or whatever, yeah. yeah
1: then I, uh, then I send them, I have some laptops just underneath my desk that I can send them. Um, but yeah, as far we do have, we have our, our HR operations team that handles the payroll. They have an automated um, support uh, ticket system mm-hmm. through email uh, to help automate that process.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and as Chargebee grows, you will. It's 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 going to be fascinating to watch the Chargebee Chargebee grow because you guys are already an international company. Um, I assume that growth is going to kind of continue all over the world. It's not, not just going to be in one, one place or another. Um, so Correct. you guys are sort of like, you know, very quickly going to get into the, you know, like the, 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 big global conglomerate challenges just, you know, on a, on a, you, you know, you not necessarily have 50,000 employees, but even yeah. several thousand just spread across the, the globe, like you do, um, is going to, Present some unique opportunities. Have you found that the onboarding and employee engagement and, and people success experiences changed drastically in the last year due to everything that's going on? Do you think it's being an already distributed business? You guys were kind of ready for it in a way that maybe others weren't. It's a great question. So I think
1: as a company, our leaders are very focused on people. So we pride ourselves on being a people centric organization, but I think this last year has, has forced us, you know, for better to have more frequent one-on-one conversations just to check in with people to see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we started when the world shut down with COVID and everyone moved to working from home, uh, we did weekly or, uh, we did, we did weekly check-ins, uh, for a while with employees. So we had a team of us who would reach out and have phone conversations or zoom calls with people just to check in and see how the person Mm -hmm. is doing. And that's something I've been doing with the, the U S employees, uh, is checking on them on a, on a quarterly basis to see how The person and the employee are doing, and then that's something we're going to be rolling out globally. Uh, We'll we'll be checking on everyone on a quarterly basis.
0: That's great, pulse survey type stuff. Love it. As we wrap up here, just one thing I I would love to know is if you are going to give a piece of advice to another person in people success in HR who is just getting started on bringing in some sort of automation into the people operations at their at their business. What would it be?
1: I would tell them to focus on the recruiting and onboarding experience because that's the first taste of, of how they experience your company. And if it's, you don't want to have them start off on the wrong foot. Plus there's, there's a lot of paperwork that goes into onboarding and you want the experience to be simple, seamless so that they can maintain that excitement of joining a new company.
0: Yep. Great stuff. Um, We'll end with our, I don't know, I haven't branded this segment yet. And people tweet me at JTron9K if you have any suggestions. But a little quick fire round, the famous five, the fabulous five. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) What is the book you recommend most to people?
1: There's a lot of great books. One of the best books I've read in the last year or two is no rules rules Netflix and the culture of reinvention it's by Reed Hastings and Aaron Meyer uh, it's a fantastic book about the culture of, of Netflix I would definitely definitely recommend it to any business leader uh, because they don't they go against the norm if it doesn't make sense then don't do it and it's it's very intuitive but innovative
0: yeah that's a, a- Famous company, famous for culture, right? So I'm sure that's a fa- fabulous read. I've I've had it on the wish list for a while, but have not made my way to it yet. But you might have just helped me move it up the product, the um, move it up the priority list there. Yeah. What's awesome. the What's the best productivity hack you know? And the reason I ask this is every year we update our. We have a big running listicle of productivity hacks that, that, that we keep track of. And I hear some awesome ones. So I've started asking people this question on the podcast because you get some great answers. So the, the number one most useful productivity tip that you've implemented for yourself.
1: So there's probably a lot that I could learn from other people on this. I, one of the things that I, that I do, and this is uh, something that I do to help onboarding is I, and this isn't, you know, very impressive, but there's this standard email that I send to new hires at the end of their first day, and it contains a bunch of different information. And so I'm just, you know, basically copy and pasting it from one new hire group to another. Um, just, you know, make some tweaks here and there. But I think when you, there's you want to be, have the individual touch, but it takes too much time to do that when you have a high volume. So I think that's what I have found now. You know, the new hires are going to know that maybe it's not <laughs> as personable of it as, as, a touch as I thought.
0: Well, and that's worked for me. No, there's, there's definitely value to, if you're a Google cloud company or 365. Both Outlook and Gmail have templates and snippets and whatnot. And I have got tons of them because I, like you, found that I was sending the same email often. And there's nothing wrong with, with, with using a template. If the information is good and the information is something that needs to be repeated, this is exactly why these things exist. So I think yep. that's... Uh, don't sell yourself short that's that's the kind of thing people can can take away if if you could recommend one site blog slack community linkedin group etc for um people success professionals what what would it be
1: so there's a guy named david green he's based out of the uk he's a people analytics guru thought leader he collaborates on a monthly basis, all of the people analytics articles on LinkedIn or on the web. And he puts that under one newsletter. And I think that's where HR can really add the most value is the data that we bring instead of just being, you know, relying on, on your gut intuition. And so his, his monthly newsletter is super fascinating.
0: David Green, that's good stuff. We'll look it up and make sure we put it in the the show notes. Finally, if there's one person in your field that you could meet for a coffee or a cocktail or lunch, depending on the time of day and and the vibe, uh, who would it be?
1: Patty McCord. So she was the chief people officer at Netflix. Uh, She's now doing consulting. She actually spoke at... One of our our champions of chains conferences at Chargebee, and it was super fascinating. I love just the practical approach that she has towards HR. It's if it's not working, why do we do it? And she has some really innovative thoughts about pay, performance, and other things.
0: Huh, good stuff. Well. Craig, I really can't thank you enough. Um, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with us. And um, for for our listeners, if if they want to get in touch with you or follow you, where, where should they go to do so?
1: Uh, LinkedIn's the best. Uh, so they can just reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Craig Solberg, S-O-E-L-B-E-R-G.
0: Thank you so much, Craig. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. The Support Automation Show is brought to you by Capacity. Visit capacity.com to find everything you need for automating support and business processes in one powerful platform. You can find the show by searching for Support Automation in your favorite podcast app. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Capacity, thanks for listening.